Good morning, family. We are so blessed and so privileged to worship the God of heaven and the God of earth this morning. And we want to sing the song that says, In Christ Alone. And I'd like for you to make that a dedication, a decision that because of who He is and what He's done for me. And I'd like to read a scripture straight out of the uh, the book of Isaiah in chapter 41 and he says so do not fear for I am with you do not be dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you and I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand so this morning as we think of the scripture we pray we say thank you Lord and you uphold us that you bring your strength, your truth, your mercy, your love, your grace into our hearts, into our homes, into our cities. God, fill us now by your presence, by your spirit. Thank you that you've given us your precious Holy Spirit that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. What a joy. Stay. 
of your blood we stand Lord today in the knowledge that you are good we stand Lord today in the knowledge of your grace and your majesty and your goodness that has been poured out for us and in that place Lord we come and we say God our hearts are for you we come and we say, God, come and fill us anew. Come and strengthen us. Come and show us your grace and your mercy, Lord. In your grace, we say, God, we humble ourselves. We come before you, and with hearts wide open, we submit ourselves to you, saying, come, Lord. We come to you and to your altar.
as I rise, strength of God, go before, lift me up, and as I wait, eyes of God, look upon, be my side.
your life, your death, your blood was shed for every moment, every moment. Your life, your death, your blood was shed for every moment, every moment. Your
sickness for every moment. You poured it out for us. You poured out your blood for us for every sickness, every shame. You poured it out for us, God. You were thinking of us, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for every moment. Every moment. blood Jesus thank you for your blood Jesus that covers us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet thank you Jesus for sacrificing yourself for us for covering us with your blood from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Just to wait on you, Lord, draw strength from you, Lord, rest in you. We will rest in you.
Isn't it amazing that nothing can keep us from the presence of the Lord? No trouble that we go through can keep us out of God's presence. Because we're in our homes, we are still in God's presence in a very special and, and powerful way. And I just sense today that God's presence is so real with us. And I want to just encourage you in this, that God is with you. Whatever you're going through, Whatever life is like at the moment, God's presence is with you. Not only in your home, but everywhere you go, everything you're doing, God is right there with you. And I want to pray uh, as we end a time of worship that you will just be settled and at peace in your heart because of His presence. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you that your presence is with us. It's our ever-constant reality. Sometimes we are more aware of your presence than other times but you are always present with us. And I pray for every family, every person joining us in this moment, that your presence will be very real to us and that we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are for us, that you are with us. I thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome to this part of the service. And as we do, part of our worship is we give our offerings and we pay our tithes. And uh, I've said it week upon week. It's just been amazing. And I really mean that. It's been astounding. Your generosity, your giving uh, in this time. That has enabled us to continue to serve and minister to people. Not only does it help us do these broadcasts. Does it help us to do webinars, to funerals when we have to. And any other things, counseling and all of that. But you've even given more so that we are able to give and help others. And through all the giving that you've done. It's difficult for us to completely tabulate the, the money uh, because there's so many different avenues and things that we do. But just in pure money between the two churches, we've given well over 500,000 Rand away already and helping people. Um, and then there's the winter warehouse program and the food drive and the, the packing of food that's happening. And through that, we've helped many, many people and families. So thank you for enabling us and being part of us making a difference in this time and and it's uh, the good and right and sensible way that we're doing it so thank you for that and won't you today also get ready to give uh, your offerings and to pay your tithes 
and uh, the, the information will come on your screen. There will be a bank account for each church and also the snap scan. Please make use of that and give generously uh, because your giving is really impacting people and making a difference. And thank you for your giving. Won't you get ready to give at this moment? Well, last week we started a series and Natasha and I are discussing prayer and it's been a wonderful for us even together to just look at some of these amazing scriptures that are that talks about prayer and today we want to go to a specific prayer that Moses prayed I'm sure you're all familiar with that saying that says there's no one as blind as the person that does not want to see and uh, so often in life we are blind to reality and to truth and sometimes it's because we are so filled with our own desires. We're so filled with what we want in life and what's important to us that we don't see beyond that and we don't see the bigger truth or the reality. Uh, it makes me think of uh, these people that go for uh, these idols. shows like <laughs> idols yeah, where they, where they will go and, um, and, and want to become famous musicians. And so they go for these audition shows like idols. And, and I'm sure if you've watched those programs, there's those moments where somebody comes on and then they do the audition on television for the world to see and everybody like, Ooh, you know, and, and you see the judges cringe because it's really obvious that this person has no singing talent. They shouldn't be singing anywhere, anywhere. in public. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then your thought always goes is, did somebody not tell them they can't sing? And the reality is often people have told them, but they're so blinded by their desire. They want wanting to be a singer and to be a famous singer that they, that it doesn't. It doesn't compute for them. It, do, it makes no sense when somebody says to them, you can't sing because it's completely outside of their, the, the reality they've created within their own desires. Um, and I think that's sometimes what happens with us even in our journeys with the Lord, in our walking with the Lord. We can be so filled with our own desires and our expectations and what we want from life that when God comes and he comes at a different angle, we can't we blind to what he's saying and, and wants to do. Um, and that we see, for instance, happening, and that's the story we want to talk about today with the Israelites. When they left Egypt and were now about to enter the promised land, we see how blind they have become because of their, their own desires. And the story I'm referring to is, is, is we're going to read from Numbers 14, uh, and mainly pick up, but um, there's a little bit of history as always that we just want to build up to get to reading Numbers 14. And uh, just to give you the context, we're in that situation where, where God came to Israel through Moses and he said to them, I've heard your cry and I'm going to deliver you from slavery. They've been in slavery for 400 years. And, um, and in that time, they've all but lost their understanding of who God is and their revelation of who God is. And so God is, in a sense, reintroducing himself to the people of Israel through Moses. That's going to be the deliverer. And God starts this amazing journey with them of educating them about who he is. And it began with the, the, the 12 of the 10 plagues that he released over Egypt. And uh, if you read in, in Exodus 10, verse 1 and 2, God says... The, the main reason for the plagues and him, him even hardening Pharaoh's heart so that the plagues would become necessary was to educate the Israelites about who God is and that he is the Lord, that he is powerful and that he can do what he says he will do. And uh, so this journey starts with Israel where, where God starts showing them who he is and the amazing miracles that he did for them. Yeah, I mean, this generation is the generation that saw the most miracles 
uh, uh, you know, of uh, in Israel. So it is incredible to see. I mean, it was the ten plagues. Then after that, you know, it was the splitting of the sea and they going through on dry ground. Then it was the pillar by day, uh, you know, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night that they saw. And I mean, there was all these amazing times where they, they when they were when they were thirsty and there wasn't any, any water and God providing for them water, you know, every time and miraculously. So there was these incredible miracles and at Mount Sinai, what happened there, you know, so in Mount Sinai, they were all standing there and Moses were going up to the mountains and uh, to the mountain and, and, and getting the law from the Lord. And, and it was an incredible time of miracle because the cloud was covering the whole mountain, you know, and God providing for them and they, them seeing God's presence there. And that's where God made the Mosaic covenant with them that says, you will be a holy nation, uh, a royal priesthood. And they all agreed to that, you know. So they were they were overwhelmed by these, these miracles and that God has done. And, and, and then they agreed to this Mosaic covenant. And then, you know, they sinned again. And then the second time God, Moses went up the mountain and the came down with the tablets again. Uh, and uh, it says that his face shined so much that people feared the Lord. They knew. This was not like Israel did not know that there is a God. They knew that there was a God. The problem in this whole story is just faith. Yeah. They just didn't believe it. They just didn't. Yeah. They saw all these incredible miracles, but somehow yeah. they just did not it, believe it. It appears that there was something going on in their hearts, that they had an expectation, that there was something that was so important to them that no matter what God did, they couldn't begin to believe him and put their faith and their yeah. trust in him. And, and it seems that if we read the story, that one of the things that was so important to them was their own safety and their security. And whenever that was threatened, Whenever there wasn't water or the food, or then well, they want to turn away. They suffered. Yeah. yeah, in any way when they suffered, they wanted to turn away from God and, mm. and say, God is not, you know, he's not going to do it for them and then, you know, run away. And, and, but God continuously just kept on, kept on educating them, showing them, being gracious, being kind to them, revealing himself to them, doing all these amazing miracles. I mean, they should have been convinced by now. Yeah, seeing no. the Egyptian army swallowed in the Red Sea, seeing the water come out of the rock, seeing the presence of God, seeing, yeah. you know, the glory on Moses. I mean, any of these things should have convinced a reasonable person by now, but yet they weren't able to do that. And that's where we pick up the story and, and what happened in, um, in, uh, in uh, Numbers 14. And uh, from verse 1, I want to read before us, and, and we're going to just read that chapter and, and about what happened. And it says, um, and just before I read it, the, what happened was they were now at that point where they were going to cross into the promised land. And remember, they sent out the 12 spies. And the 12 spies went and looked at Canaan and saw everything and came back and gave a report to the people. Two of the spies said, man... This is an amazing land. I mean, in fact, all the spies said it was a beautiful place. There was, there was all this, you know, the, the grapes as tall as a man and the milk and honey, and it's an amazing country. But 10 of the spies then said, but there's a problem. There are giants in the land. They're going to eat us. And they're going yeah, to they're they're kill us. And they said, no matter how good the land is, it's not worth it. These giants are too big. Two spies said, no, no, no. If God can, the, the land is amazing. God is for us. We can do this. But 10 said no. 
And this caused a reaction amongst the people. And in verse 1 we read the following. That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to be, go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So, I mean, this is not very long after they've left Egypt. It was still fresh in their memories that there was a time where they cried out to be saved from the slavery of Egyptian. But now they're saying that was better. And if you, if you read between the lines, what they're actually saying is we're better off without you, God. It's since you came through Moses and interfered in our lives that our lives have just become more difficult and more challenging. And, and, and you're just putting us in harm's way. You, you're not interested in us. You, you want to hurt us. And we can't st stand this anymore. We can't take it. We rather want to go back to Egypt. It may have been hard, but at least it was safe. At least we, we knew what to expect from life. And, and, and they couldn't see the, the thing that God wanted to do. They couldn't see the, the beauty that God had ahead of them because they felt threatened. And in that moment, they said, we'd rather go back to Egypt. And, and they, they said, you know, we don't want this God to, we don't want to do what this God wants. We, his plans for us is not the plans that we want to follow anymore. And so they wanted to turn around and go back to Egypt. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And it's, the, it's here where we find Moses standing, you know, like in the gap between. He's like a mediator between the people and God. Yeah. But we must understand, it's not that God, you know, God is uh, temperamental. You know, God was patient with the, with the Israelites up to, very patient, up to the Mosaic Covenant, where they agreed to this covenant up to they never reacted this way you know but when they when they said we will be a royal nation a holy priesthood yeah. uh, it, that's when god started saying hey that you know you got to there is there's a you got to come to the party here, you know but yeah. then they just said no we're not going to do yeah. it and it's here where Moses starts. Yeah, this is this amazing reaction that we see from Moses and others. Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. A lot of emotions happening. Yeah, lots this. of emotions. People are upset. Moses and them fall on their face. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. And then verse 8, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that yeah. land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. The protection, their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Don't you? Can you see the contrast between the people yeah. that were just filled with fear, and because of their fear, wanted to run back to Egypt? And, and the small group of people, Moses, Aaron, Jacob, uh, uh, Caleb, Caleb, and, uh, and Joshua, Joshua, I put them together and that becomes <laughs> Jacob. Uh, then, uh, and, and they were all saying, no, 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 God is for us. And they had a different perspective on the same situation. And, uh, and they pleaded with them, don't rebel against God. We can do this. We can, we can move forward. 
And you see that powerful intercession yeah. that is taking place there. That yeah. Moses is standing boldly um, in faith. And that's the big difference. He stands boldly in faith. It is, he, I mean, he knew God could have wiped him out if he wanted yeah. to. What, what made him just dare this, you know, just yeah. courageously stand in front of God, you know? That, because, because the Lord's response when the people were now, you know, yeah. complaining and, and, and doing this is, is in this occasion, like Natasha said, before that, the Lord would just again do a miracle for them. But now it's like God says, he draws the line. We had an agreement. And yeah. he says the following in verse 10. But the whole assembly talked ab about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me? In spite of all the signs I have performed among them, I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. But I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. It's like God says, he looks at them and he says, these people are so blind and they don't want to see. Everything I've done will not convince them. I don't think I can convince these people that I am, I am God that wants to do good for them and that can do good for them. I, I, that my plan is the right plan for them. I can't convince them, he says. I, I'd rather give up on these people. It's like, you know, when you've had the car and uh, we all had a car that, that when it breaks down, you fix it. And then it breaks down again and you fix it again. And then it breaks down and you fix it again until you come to a point where you say, perhaps I'm now throwing good money after bad and it's time to give up on this car and rather buy a new one. It's like God says, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, but these people do not want to work with me. I'm better off starting from scratch. I'm better off starting new. So he says to Moses, Moses, I'm going to wipe them out and I'm going to start with you. And can I just say, that's tempting, That's tempting, man. <laughs> for Moses, that must have been tempting. Because remember, these people wanted to stone him and the other leaders. They, 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 they were he must stubborn. have been tired of them. Yeah, he himself. must have been tired of them. He must have said, that sounds like a brilliant idea. That would make my life a lot easier if we can just do that. But that's not how Moses responds. And, and that again is he, he continues what he started with Aaron and, and, um, and, and Caleb and Joshua. He continues with that spirit of intercession. And in verse 13, he says, Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, Lord, are with these people and that you, Lord, have been, have been seen face to face, that your cloud stays over them and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you put, out, put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land he promised them on earth, so he slaughtered them in the wilderness." So Moses says, listen, before you wipe these people out, just think of, of the consequences that, and, and what it will mean for your name if you do this. To the Be nations. Yeah. To the nations, because the people have heard the story of your great salvation. And if you do this, then, then that story is not going to reach its potential. It's, it's going to fall flat. You, you, you're going to destroy the, the good reputation that your name has built up already. It's, it's going to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. And Moses boldly steps in, man. And he's like, he... 
forgive me for saying it like this, but it's, he always gets in God's face. He confronts God boldly in this yeah. moment. Isn't no. that amazing? No, absolutely. I mean, that bold prayer that he's, do, that he's doing at that moment in front of God takes a lot of courage. You know, and I love what Brueggemann says. He says, in both ancient practice and contemporary practice, prayer is a daring act. It is an act that attempts to connect present urgent context with sovereign, compassionate holiness. This is not an easy exercise, but one that requires great faith and courage. You know, and I think that's what, that's what Moses did. But you know, Louis, it's not always that easy just to have that faith. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Moses... Now, Moses yeah, didn't that, start with he faith. Didn't, he didn't start with faith, you know. Uh, I mean, he he was that guy that says, what but if? what if, yeah. you know, what if? He started off when, when God appeared to him at the burning bush. He said, but what if they don't hear me? What if they don't believe me? You know, but here we see him stand boldly, how he progressed. So it was a journey that, that God walked with absolutely, him. Absolutely, that was that journey. But, but other than the Israelites, somewhere along the line, Moses moved yeah. from uh, from having his his own concerns and and fears uh, determining his relationship with God. He moved over into a space where he started trusting God. Yes, and the nation wasn't able to do that, yeah. but Moses did that yeah. at some point. Yeah, it's like I love what Richard Foster says. He talks about in our own lives, you know, when. When we go through, sometimes it's, you know, life quiets our voice. Like we said last time, you have a voice, uh, so, so, so live out loud. But sometimes life quiets our lives, you know. Our voices. This, our voices, you know, and, and, and the suffering that we go through or the difficult things or the struggles that we go through with sin and things, it quiets our lives and it takes away that confidence and that courage to actually stand up and to pray. And he says, faith is, is like a car, it's like you put a car in gear. So faith is that putting that car into gear so that movement and new momentum can start in your life. But when you feel that discouragement and you feel like I cannot, I cannot exercise faith at this moment, I, I'm really weak in it. He says, don't put the car in reverse and go backwards and just stop. You know, he says, put your car in neutral. And what that neutral means is that I am trusting God, that what he mm -hmm. wants to do, that he has good intentions towards my life you know so 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 don't just move backwards but mm. but move forward you know that that neutral is that in the new testament where the man said lord i i, I want to believe but help my unbelief it's yes. like i don't have the activated faith at this point in time to move forward into the promises and into the plans that you have for my life but 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 I want to help me. Yeah, move it's trusting into in God's character. Yeah, it's trusting in who He is and what He has done. You know, so it's it's that is what that neutral is. Maybe I don't have that courage to to step forward yet, but or, or in that moment that I find myself because of you know mm. what has happened in my life. But I put my life in in, in just in neutral for for just. A few for until I have that courage to yeah. actually take that step, trusting that God is who He says He will be, trusting in yeah. His character, um, and that He will come through and He will do what He said He will do. Even if I don't understand, you know, sometimes we don't understand. We don't understand God. We don't understand life, yeah. but we don't move backwards. Yeah. We we trust in God, and that's how we wait. That is an active waiting. When you've done all to stand, stand. stand.
And, it, you know, the story of Israel is so much like each of our story, isn't it? Where, where Israel cries out to the Lord. And it's interesting that cry, evidently, in the scripture, wasn't a cry specifically to Jehovah God. It was just a cry. Yeah. Any God out there, help us. And God heard their cry. And we often, I mean, like I said last week, the most irreligious people pray in, in, yeah. in need, moments of need. And Since we just the cry beginning out. of time, Since, people yeah, pray. People pray, man. And, and so often we cry out to God because we have a need. And we bring our need to God. And we meet God at that point of need. And he meets with us at that point of need. But the, the thing is that at some point, our need needs to be surrendered to God. Yeah. So that we recognize that we don't only want God because of our need, but that we actually come to the place where we need God. Yeah. If we don't do that, our need can become our idol. Yeah. And then God is there to meet our need mm. instead of us meeting God. Yeah. And then our need is all that we're about. And, and that's the, the challenge that Israel had. They had a need. The need was a need for safety, a need for food. And it was very real to them, like it would be for yeah. any of us. But at some point, they had to come to a place where they, where they said, Lord, you are more, you are the one that we need. Mm. More important than our need uh, is our need for you. Yeah. And when, you, when that transition happens, it's there where anything becomes possible in yeah. God. And Moses, Caleb, Joshua, they seem to have been able to make that transition, to move to a place of saying, I'm better off with God facing giants, but because I need God. Mm. And what God's will is, that's what I want to pursue. Yeah. The people yeah. of Israel were saying, no, God's will, God's plan is putting me at risk. And that's bigger. My need for safety is bigger than my need to follow God's plan. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, see his purpose happen yeah. in my life. I think what uh, you see, you know, Israel agreed to the Mosaic Covenant, but it, it did not feel like they did it out of a sense of relationship with God. Yeah, exactly. They did it um, out of fear, yeah. where you see the progression in Moses. So they never progressed in relationship. They just kind of did because they were... It they was a transactional fear. thing. It was that... a transactional thing with them, where in Moses you start seeing him building that intimate relationship. And we see it in Exodus 33, verse 11 and verse 17. Uh, verse, um, Exodus 33 verse 11 says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to mm. face as one speaks to a friend. Wow. So you start seeing that friendship yeah. that has been you know, developing yeah. all the time. And verse 17 it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. This was a time when Moses interceded for the people again. Because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. For me that is just so incredible how God says, I know you by name. You know, and so you see that Moses had that intimate relationship. So that boldness that he had, that, that uh, it, it came out of an intimate relationship with God. It because came he knew out, God. Because he knew God and he knew God face to face. And he, and, he had, and he knew God, who God was, and God knew who he was. You know? yeah. So that boldness, that faith was born out of that, was a, was a, was a result of an intimate relationship yeah. with God. So we see that journey in Moses' life where he started as a person that had to be convinced by God. But he allowed himself to be convinced. And at some point he started saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you with everything. Yes. 
And that puts him in a space where now he gets to know God. And then when he's confronted with a situation like that, he's got the boldness to yeah. stand up and to say, Lord, no, you can't do this. You can't wipe out these people because it, it's not, it will not serve your plan. It will not be the best for that which you have said. He's, because of his intimacy with God, he's, he's become this custodian of God's plan. He like with Abram. For, yeah. yeah, like with Abram, starts reasoning with God. He, you know? he, he feels as responsible as God does for the plan. In this sense, almost yeah. it looks like more. Um, because God is drawing again him into this relationship. But where did this boldness come from out of intimacy is because he spent time with the Lord. And one of the great occasions that also is recorded for us is in, is in uh, Exodus 33. Where, where, you remember when the Lord put him in the rock and he said, yeah. we, I'm not going to go up to the promised land if you don't go mm -hmm. with us. Um, and that speaks of that. He, God yeah, was yeah. his highest need. The promised land wasn't his need. God was his highest yes. need. And, and, he, and, and God put Moses in the cliff and then he said, and he passed in front of Moses, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. So God in that intimate friendship reveals himself to who Moses. Who, to Moses. Now, this is the amazing thing. So now God says he wants to wipe out the Israelites. Yeah, no, fast forward. Fast forward. Now God says he wants to wipe out the Israelites. Now what, guess what Moses does in verse 17. He says, now may the Lord's strength be displayed. Just as you have declared, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving in sin and rebellion. Yet he, and he quotes his, word his words back to God. He says, this is what you revealed about yourself. This is what you said about yourself. Now, let me remind you of your word. Yeah. And he quotes God's word back to him. And, and it shows you that Moses has moved. The people of Israel is seeing this event from their need perspective. Moses is seeing it from God's word perspective, mm. from God's declaration. And he's putting his faith in what God said, not what his need is primarily. Yeah. And therefore, he completely has a different uh, perspective on this. And he sees it from God's perspective. You know, we often say, don't pray from the dust up, pray from the throne room out. This is exactly what Moses yeah. is doing. He's standing on God's word. He's standing on God's proclamation. And he's saying, no, this is what must happen because this is what you said. What an amazing change of position that Moses has had. Absolutely. I mean, we tend to pray these uh, out of out of uh, you know us being the center of our lives. We pray from that position. We pray to God. But and and I and I don't think we start with our emotions, you know, and and uh, the just how we feel. And that's not necessarily wrong. Just don't stop there. Yeah. Don't stop with that self-centered prayer. Keep on praying. Keep on. Don't be so disappointed in yourself and just feel like, you know, it's all about me. Yes, at that moment, it might be because that's what that trauma did to you or that, yeah. uh, you know, bad situation did to you. But keep on doing it. Keep on praying until God, we become that. We In the beginning, we pray that God becomes part of our world. But we keep on praying until we become part of his yeah. world. And he then starts becoming the center of our prayer. You know, yeah. and that's what that's why it is so important to pray the word of God, you know, and I love that just this uh, quote that um, um, Dedrick Bonwerfer just said, you know, he said, 
Pray out of the richness out of the of the word of God. Um, let me let me say it this way: the richness of the word of God ought to determine our prayers. So the richness of the word of God. Mm. Let's pray that, not the poverty mm. of our hearts. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we pray out of the poverty out yeah. of, of our hearts. We don't pray out of the richness out of the of the yeah, word. Yeah, because of the God. the richness of the word of God is the more than we can ever think yeah. or ask. It's the bigger. None of us has an inkling, an idea of the amazing plans that God has for us. We, we scratch the surface, man. And, and we, we're very aware of our own needs and what threatens us yeah. and what we want and what we think we should have in normal. life. And that's normal. And that's normal and that's right. And that's a great starting point. That's the right thing. That's Israel crying out to God. That's each of us crying out to God saying, Lord, I need you to attend to this issue. But in that prayer and in that pressing in, in praying that, praying boldly, praying, there, something happens where we start moving beyond our own need and we move into what God needs and what God wants. And we move into the bigger story and we into move into his purposes and of his our purposes life. and his plans and what is possible in him. And if, if we hold on to what we think is important, we can't get what we're going to lose it. Yeah, we can't get. It's what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto you. Um, but if I if like the Israelites here say my safety is all important because they held on to their safety, they made their safety an idol. So therefore, everything they saw and heard, they judged from this perspective of their idol, which was their safety. And so when God says, I've got more for you, but you're going to have to trust me to step over the challenges of your safety, they couldn't do it. Hmm. They, they couldn't exchange that and step into the bigger picture. And, and so they, 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 they kept God small in that sense and kept him confined to a God that only has value and importance hmm. in their lives because he meets their needs. Instead of stepping into the promises, into the more than God mm. has. And, and I, I want to learn that lesson and learn it well. Mm. And I, I'm like the Israelites, sometimes I have to relearn it. Yeah. But, you know, I want to cry out with everything I have to the Lord for every need I have or on behalf of others interceding. I want to cry out to the Lord for our nation, for our people, for the struggles that we're going through, for people's mm. businesses, for economy, for all these things. That I want to, we want to cry boldly cry out to the yeah. Lord, but not from a place of unless the Lord does what we ask yeah. him to do. Manipulation, yeah, manipulating it, the gods, like a hunger strike. Yeah. You know, fasting. sometimes you, you go into fasting and praying and, and you're like, I'm going to fast until God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to go on a hunger and, strike. And the only option God has is to do what you want him to do. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not God. Yeah. He's not good enough. Yeah. No. We, 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 you know, got to pray out of a desire to build relationship with God, not at a, um, from a desire for God to fulfill our needs. This, this thing about prayer is this is how we build relationship with God. We talk, we have conversation, we wrestle, yeah. we wrestle in prayer. You know, we don't always have to understand everything, but that's how we grow in prayer. Because in that wrestle, we get enlarged yeah. to actually be able to accommodate and have space. Mm for the more than that which God offers us. The Amazing. Israelites had to change from being slave-minded people to being people that can possess a land. And it, it was this journey that was so important mm. in that. Because you may be giving up something, 
but you gain so much more. Yeah. The joy is so much more. God wants to take you into a spacious place. That's, yeah. That was why he wanted to take the Israelites into the promised land. Because he said, I want to take you. Those words are in the Bible. I want to take you to a spacious yeah. land. And God wants to do it to us as well. Yeah. You know. So today, you may face very real challenges. Maybe in a real crisis and crying out to the Lord, whether it's emotional, uh, uh, material needs, relational needs, whatever. You may be really crying out to the Lord. I, I want to say to you, cry out to the Lord. Press into Him and let Him meet you right there where your need is. But then move forward with the Lord. Build this relationship with Him. Become in a space of intimacy with the yeah. Lord where, where, where your heart becomes changed and set free into His reality. And your and, heart becomes softer. Yeah, you know? and then you see things the way He sees it. And then so much more becomes possible. So, and even in that, sometimes we have to lose something to gain what God has. And I know there's lots of loss that we're experiencing at the moment. And, and I don't... I'm not saying everything is what God intended for you to lose. Some of it is just the reality of life we, and the challenges we're facing. We are losing things at the moment. But if we keep our faith in God, if we keep pressing forward in Him, and like we said earlier, when, when you're finding it really difficult, don't go into reverse. Just go into a neutral space of, Lord, help me. And then the Lord builds you up again, and then you push forward in faith. And then God will get you to that amazing place of the promises that he has mm. for you. So we just want to pray with you yes. and trust God for the more than which he has for you. And I want to invite you as we end the service today. We've got our people on standby ready to pray with you. You can go to hcs.online.church onto that website. And there's a prayer room that people are ready there to pray with you. Or hatfield.online.church. There's people ready to pray with you there. Uh, at the east through their platforms, there's also a Zoom call. You'll see the address coming up on your screen now that you can go into a, and physically have a conversation with somebody in terms of you'll see somebody's face through the phone, uh, through the Internet that makes it possible, and you can have a prayer time with them. If you can't do that, send us an, an email to prayforme at hatfield.co.za or prayforme at hccsouth.co.za and somebody will connect with you and, and spend a bit of time with you and, and arrange to pray with you. But uh, let us end in a word of prayer today. And I'm going to again ask Natasha to just pray for us and, and, and so that the, the goodness of God will become our reality. So, Father, we just want to come as your children. Yes, Lord. Thank recognizing you, that you are the all-powerful God. Yes, Lord. And we want to stand in front of you and we want to say, Lord, come, teach us to pray yes, once Lord. again. Teach us to pray. Teach us to have an intimate relationship yes, Lord, with Jesus. you, Lord. We surrender our hearts before you. Sometimes life feels just too complicated, Lord, and it hardens our heart. But I pray, Lord, help us, soften our heart. Come, Holy Spirit, intercede with us in Jesus' name. Help us to stand before the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ boldly, with courage, interceding for our friends around us, for this, our nation, for ourselves, Lord. We stand before you boldly, with faith, courageously, building relationship with you. And we communicate because you are our friend. We want to speak to you face to face like Moses did, Lord. Yes, Lord. So teach us that relationship with you. 
in Jesus' name. And Father, we also want to pray for every single person that is going through a really tough time at the moment. For every sickness, we pray for healing in the name of Jesus Christ. For every single demonic force, principality and power of darkness that wants to come and capitalize on situations, we resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. You will not have your way. You will not come and capitalize on this situation. We come to the Lord. We trust in you, Lord. We declare it today in faith. We trust in you. In Jesus' Jesus name. name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us for the service today. After the service, there's some more announcements. Please make sure you pay attention to them. They'll also be coming right now, the discussion points for this sermon, and that you can pray together with your family or with people that you're with. May the Lord bless you and, and join us next Sunday. I know you can watch the service anytime, and that's great. If you, whenever you watch the service, it's great. But there's something special about all of us being together, mm. 9.30 on a Sunday morning. So join us next Sunday again, and we look forward to seeing you. Bless you. Bye.